and we are back with the All Gas No Break Sports Show. I am once again one of your co-hosts, Nick Bavona. Once again, joined alongside Andrew Johnson and Grayson Sheepy G Marino. After a crazy week in college football, we now look towards the crazy week we had in the National Football League. Some stunning, you know, late heroic wins. We had a huge injury happen in last Thursday night's game. Currently a game going on right now on Monday Night Football. But guys, certainly another big week in the NFL. It certainly has been a wild start to the season and still a long way to go. And what's going to be, in my my opinion, a historic season. Historic season. Those are some very strong words. Definitely a season not typical. Uh, dynasties starting the fall of New England Patriots. This is looking like a team <laughs> maybe going towards more towards a rebuild than it is actually being a playoff contender. Obviously, Mac Jones not being there doesn't help. But you're also seeing some teams on the up and coming, such as the Dolphins, which have been I don't want to say bottom feeders, mm-hmm. but not competitive for the last ten years. Oh, or so. we're not starting now. With the I heard the left, we're not starting with that. We're that, we're gonna get into that game first, but we're not gonna, we're not doing this crap again with the Dolphins, and you're you're gonna start. Talk I crap do about shit. Uh, all right. There's been some very point. Bottom line is there's some teams off their hot start that haven't been hot the last five or six years, like the Dolphins, like the Bills, like the uh, like New York Football Giants. Even the Jets are two and two right now. I would say that's a hot start for them. So there's definitely yeah. been some really, really interesting storylines developing, and I can't wait to see where they continue. And I think the biggest storyline starts off with the Thursday night game that we had. Between the Bengals and the Dolphins, obviously the Bengals coming in this game, coming off their first win of the season against the New York Jets. Dolphins three and zero going into this game. Obviously, you know, Tua Tagovailoa had some injury concerns going into the game. Was he medically cleared to play? Does he have a concussion, a back issue? He was, you know, able to start this game, but as we all saw, it was, you know, not the brightest of days for Tua. He gets a hard hit in this game. Goes down, you know, you can tell it was not, a, you know, a bright thing to see. I mean, just look like he, you know, it could have been the last time maybe we saw Tua play at first when we saw the play happen just because of how his head hit the mat. But I shouldn't say the mat, but the field. I'm talking in wrestling terms with that. But, you know, Tua goes down. Thankfully, you know. He's starting to feel movement in his body after this injury. They've already said that he's not going to play this upcoming weekend against the New York Jets. Um, but the final of this game, Bengals win this game 27 to 15. Give credit to Teddy Bridgewater in the end. He, you know, kept the Dolphins in the game. Did as, you know, did as what he did at a backup quarterback. You know, not much more you can ask for. Going for near 200 yards. Did have a touchdown. Had a monster game from Tyreek Hill. Joe Burrow, you know, did what he needed to do to keep the Bengals intact. You know, they could, weren't really able to run the football as effectively as they were hoping. Burrow did what he needed to do to help the Bengals get the win at the end of the day. But certainly, the injury concern to Tua was not something we wanted to all see. But thankfully, you know, we're starting to see that he hopefully will be better the next couple of weeks. One thing I'm going to say is if they knew that Tua was not good, I think that was a cover-up firing the trainer. I think the trainer... I'm not going to go question his character. I think he was maybe strong-armed into the Miami Dolphins organization to give him a pass on his neurological tests. And if that is the case, I don't think he should really be beat. He's the fall guy right now. 
and I don't think he should be the fall guy. This is obviously an organizational issue where they want to come out with get a hot start, be undefeated after week four, and they put a young quarterback's health at risk ahead of this, which is absolutely you got to remember when you're looking at concussions, it takes a while for those to you know recover from that. It takes you know approximately ten to fourteen days to recover from that. The thing that they're going from a Sunday game against Buffalo to then playing four days later on a Thursday night. I mean, there's just no way Tua could have been cleared to play this game. They said that hey, he had back issues. There's no way he had That's back bullshit. issues. You saw him try to get up after he got hit and he stumbled to the ground. He you know, tried to play it off and say, oh, I had this back issue here and there. I've been cleared by you know, this doctor. He said that I could play. Absolutely was a horrible thing that they let him play this game to begin with. And now, you know, they lose him for this week. I would venture to say he's probably not going to play for next, you know, another two to three weeks at this rate. We don't know the severity of how bad the concussion is because, you know, going you're going into a game with a concussion and then you get hit like that. You know, there was a part where people thought he was paralyzed and he was he was done. Like, it's a scary thing to see. It's, it you know, it's, it's a shame on not only the Dolphins, but like, but the NFL itself, you know, they were saying that they could, you know, and conducted an investigation into that. And they just, it just didn't seem that they really did their, you know, the due diligence into looking how bad this injury was. And at the end of the day, yes, the Bengals might have won the game. But at, but when it came all down to it, no one's really caring about the game when you're seeing a guy like that get injured. I'm going to say it's typical NFL. All they care about is money. And. They really don't give a fuck about their players. Yeah, I can't um, disagree with that. I, I don't want to say this to the NFL. I don't. I, even no, it has, I have an axe. The, the NFL has to step in. That is yes, a clear I agree. concussion. The I NFL, agree the NFL, the NFL PA NFL, did a horrible job of this. Yes, I agree that the NFL is at fault for not stepping in. I it's have the Dolphins' fault. With but, Roger Goodell, but at the end of the day, the main burden is on the Dolphins. Absolutely. And honestly, 100%. if I was Tua, I, I would have sat out. I would have. I wouldn't have played if I was Tua. I don't think there would be any fan out there, whether it was a Bengals fan, a Dolphins fan, even divisional rivals like Patriots, Jets, and Bills fan, if Tua just said, "I'm not going to play." I don't think there's a sane fan out there. Now I'm going to say sane because there's crazy people out there, absolute morons, who said, "Oh, Tua should have played." But 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 no no. If Tua said, "I'm not going to play," find me. No, what? I don't think anyone would have. I don't think anyone would have said anything wrong about Tua not playing. This no, game. no, absolutely. You saw how Tua. severe the hit was against Buffalo. Uh, he, I am, it, it's, okay. it wasn't pretty. I'm not a Tua fan, and I definitely think that was a poor judgment decision from not even just the organization in the NFL, but by Tua himself. Well, that's the problem. I mean, he had, like, he had trusted these doctors who said he was but fine. at the same time... You cannot trust NFL doctors. Yeah, yeah that's, that, that's, that's... I agree. And on top of it, you are a elite-level athlete. When it comes to your body, he should know his body like nobody else, which is fair, and he probably did. There's no way your body feels normal after that type of hit. Like... He had a concussion. Absolutely. Like, I don't care what you say. You know you're not right. Granted, this comes down to that stereo. I wouldn't say stereotype. Uh, no, stereotype. 
the NFL players and athletes in general have to pay, have to play through pain. And I agree with that to an extent until it becomes a head injury. There's an, there's a difference between playing through pain. Like if you want to play through an ankle injury where exactly. you get strained at last 100%. week, that's fine. You're talking a concussion. About, no, you're talking about a, a league where CT is so prevalent, where half the players now over the age of 60 are brain dead. Yep. Or have severe brain damage because of the helmets and the play style they had when they played 30 years ago, 40 years ago. This is, that's not acceptable. There's a difference between playing for pain and being an idiot. And, we, um, and we've seen the NFL try to, you know, you know, create those new helmets to try to avoid these concussions from happening. At the end of the day, it's not, it, you're not going to avoid a concussion, especially because your, your body is hitting the, you know, the turf or the field, whatever it may be for your stadium. You're hitting it at a, you know, at a, you know, a quick pace and you're getting tackled by, you know, two, 300 pound dudes. You're not going to, it's just going to be a massive, you know, force of weight going down from, you know, from a standing position to the mat. I said mat again, to the ground. Well, I mean, he was hit pretty hard. You would have thought that would be a WWE bump of the way. Yeah. I mean, that, that went that, off the, run off the ground the first time. Yeah. Uh, That's the only reason I bring it up. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day right now, like, he just should not have played. And no matter how much you want to judge, you know, the NFL and the Dolphins. And and anyone, if anyone has called him soft beforehand. Like, like, like I said, that. You for have to me, grow respect for him, but if they had called him soft for like, let's say if like he decided to say this game and they called him no. soft because of that, like shame on you, dude. Like, you but know, that, you know better that concussions are a huge problem in the NFL right now. And they're not trying, you're trying to avoid further concussions from happening. Yeah, I agree with that. Like I said, I'm not, uh, we, from last episode, we know I'm not a yeah, we know. guy, but at the end of the day, it, it comes down to, I don't, hate the person i just hate the athlete when he's on the field and no person should be put in that situation that and like that, you even saw it before he got hit like he had a really bad interception thrown yep. you got to wonder if like he did what not his win. what his mind and state was going into that game yep. you you never know cuz like you could tell something was up as the game was going on 100% but what i will say is this is completely off the Tua train. But, but, Teddy looks pretty decent. Yeah. Throwing, which makes me believe that the receivers are thoroughly helping Tua's stats this season. That's I'm, I'm a Teddy Bridgewater that, believer. That, I think he's a good quarterback, though. That's for any quarterback. Yeah, but if you're getting big, if you're getting, a, yeah, but much. if you're getting, if you're getting good receivers, you're obviously gonna your stats are obviously going to improve. It's not like they're gonna decrease. No, it no, never happens. Like, the the stat, this upgrade of you know Tyree Kill has just been insane. But that's beside the point. Um, I was actually a little disappointed in the Bengals in this game, considering they were going up against a backup quarterback. That they didn't open this up even more. I mean, it's right. and you know what, you know why? It's the reason I've been saying it for the past couple of weeks. 
the Bengals, the Bengals struggled because of no. the Dolphins' defense. No. Yes. No. The wow. Bengals struggled because the Bengals have not been themselves yet this season. Or because maybe the Dolphins' defense did good. I think it's – you know what, Nick? I'll meet you in the middle. I think it's a mix of both. Well, that's a step towards uh, – I don't I don't know. Burr, Burr, right Burr was still good. They, You know, T. Higgins had a monster game. Jamar Chase was – you know, still had a decent game other than, you know... It was the front seven. The, their front seven's really good. But I, that's why... I, the, the Dolphins gotta get credit. I mean, you're holding Joe Mixon at 61 yards rushing on 24 attempts. It's a great game for your defense. You're doing enough... But, in, again... In a sense. But you gotta remember, I know you're gonna look at the stats. Remember, Xavier Howard did get injured in this game. That does not help the Dolphins secondary at all. No, it does not. I 100% agree with you. But... Um, when it comes down to mixing this season, has not been very good. Well, like you said, it's only it's only four games of you know tape, so we don't know uh, if that's going to keep going. But you're right, the Bengals I mean, offensive line has looked terrible, so I won't disagree Mixon on that. This season has 84 rush, uh, 82 rushing attempts for 224 yards because that Bengals all line's horrible. They're but again, terrible. so that's why I'm like, oh well, you know, you're saying about the defense. I mean. Uh, the defense is good. It, I, I said I'm gonna meet you in the middle because I think has has uh, had Joe Mixon been at a a better form than he is right now, th- this game might not look like that, and any of these Bengals games might not look like that. Mixon has been terrible. Mm, well, that's, I mean, all that has comes to do with the, the offensive line, hundred percent. But like. Uh, I think the Bengals are going through this offensive line still finding ways to gel. I don't think they have the talent of a good offensive line by any means, but I think an offensive line that could gel together is good enough in certain situations. But uh, we'll see. So speaking of disappointing, the ending of that Vikings-Saints game (laughs) in London – was I say that was disappointed. That was a uh, the ending. The ending for Saints fans was oh, absolutely. London, oh, yeah. London got a great game, but yeah. the ending for Saints fans. You're a Saints fan watching. Like, that's disappointing. Like when you watch that game going into it, you're thinking, okay, it's Andy Dalton versus Kirk Cousins. Am I really gonna see a good game between these two guys? Probably not. And at the first, at the end of the first half, you're right because the game was absolutely unwatchable at the end, in the first half. This game really did not start picking up until the fourth quarter itself. And, you know, I hate, like, Will Lutz, I can't even blame him for double-doinking it because he had already hit a 60-yard field goal before that. And the fact that he misses another 60-yarder, like, I mean, he gave it all he had. And the fact that he double-doinked it, too, I mean, it's it's a it's a horrible way to lose. I mean, you can ask any Bears fan. They, they know how terrible it is to lose a high-paced game like that. Shout-out Cody Parkey. <laughs> yeah. Um, but another great game for Justin Jefferson, you know, last two weeks have not been really good for Justin Jefferson. Finally saw him, you know, get back into the fold, had 147 yards receiving, also had a rushing touchdown. Saints, got to give them credit. You know, they haven't looked great this season. They did play up until the very end, you know, did not have Alvin Kamara, no Michael Thomas, obviously no Jameis Winston. We saw Chris Olave, though. We're starting to see the emergence of him being a top wide receiver for this team, looking like the best rookie so far. Receiver-wise, in this you know draft class that we just had, Ooh. absolutely no. He leads. He leads all rookie receivers. 
But no. that, that's unfair because some of these other receivers are... As of right now, he is the best receiver. We don't know what's going to happen by week 12. I'm not saying, I'm not saying for the rest of the season he's going to stay like that. I'm saying as of right now, from what I've seen, he looks like the best because he already leads, the, he already leads all rookie wide receivers in yards. That's what I'm going off. I guess that's fair. I mean, he's just the number one option. I that's know. the only reason why. Like, I know. Like, I, I think Garrett Wilson, and I is think just as good. Honestly. Oh no! I'm, listen, I, I I'm not saying that Garrett Wilson won't be good. I'm saying as of right now, I've seen obviously we've seen a lot more from Olavi. You know, Garrett Wilson. Other than that, you know that great game against the Browns, and you know he had a, a solid game against the um, Bengals. He has he's been kind of up and down. He's been very you know, hit or miss for the Jets so far. Obviously, they had Zach Wilson come back this week, so he's got to build chemistry with him. Look, and he's also like their third option. Right? But yeah, no, I, and I agree. So like, I think in a number one role, Garrett Wilson's doing what a lot. Look, I love. Well, Olave is only the number one for now. I mean, Michael Thomas yeah. is the number one team, on, uh, number one receiver on that team. No, 100%. I don't care I mean, if he's like, slamming or love not. Al- he's still, he's still. <laughs> look, I love Olave, and I think he's going to be a really good receiver. I just think Garrett Wilson right now. I mean, Drake London's been pretty solid too. Yeah, he's he's had some he's had some good uh, plays so far. I mean, I I would just agree that I mean, uh, your point makes sense is what I'm going at. But I just I think it's tough to call him the best. We we have a break. We have a breakthrough. Anyway, uh, the Vikings win this game, twenty eight twenty five, off the double doink. I mean. A tough way to lose for New Orleans. They dropped the one and three down the season. Minnesota's up there a three and one start. They haven't looked pretty in the three wins that they have had, other than that Packers game. But nonetheless, they are a three and one start on the season. You know, we'll have to see what happens for both these teams down the rest of the stretch. Saints obviously need to get a little bit healthier if they want to have any hopes of making the playoffs. Um, but that was the first London game of the season. We'll have another one this upcoming weekend with the Giants and the Packers. But Speaking of the Giants, I want to get into um, the interesting game they had this weekend with the Chicago Bears. You know, certainly wasn't the best game to watch, I got to say. I mean, it started off pretty hot. I mean, the Giants yeah. the touchdown in the first quarter, which I didn't think was possible. I thought that was illegal. You act. and me both. It was the first <laughs> first quarter touchdown of the season, or the first half, actually. Um, And it. You know, the Giants ran for 262 yards as a team in this game. Most of them coming from Saquon Barkley, who has just been unbelievable to start the season. Had 146 yards. Daniel Jones had two rushing touchdowns, 68 yards rushing. Um, Giants do win this game. Obviously, the big takeaway coming from this game being that Jones did go down with an injury at one point. He had, you know, had to get his ankle heavily taped. And we saw Tyrod Taylor eventually come into the game, you know, started you know, kind of lead the offense down the field. He comes out of the game as well with a concussion. And for a little bit of time, we saw Saquon Barkley have to take snaps at quarterback and Wildcat because the Giants didn't have necessarily a quarterback to use. Daniel Jones wasn't going to really be able to run with his, you know, his ankle injury. So we did see Jones eventually step back into the quarterback role, but the Giants at that point were just running the clock down and trying to end the game. Giants do win the game to go to three and one. The biggest concern now for them is can Daniel Jones play this upcoming weekend in London against Green Bay or will the Giants have to consider, you know, starting someone like Davis Webb on the practice squad because the Giants are not going to have Tyrod Taylor probably after the, the concussion. So they're really going to be thin at quarterback for this upcoming week. 
Yeah, I'm going to go off on a limb and say this. I said if the Giants would beat the Panthers to start off the season, uh, they were going to go 4-0 to start the season. They won 3-1. They should have won that game on Monday Night Football. Unfortunately, they yeah. didn't. I, I want to believe that, but they played really bad defense in that game. It's Dallas. Yeah, I mean, the Dallas, Dallas was literally keeping the Giants in that game for most part. You know, CeeDee Lamb dropped the touchdown pass. I mean... The offense did not look good due to the fact the offensive line was getting beat up by the Cowboys' defensive line, but nonetheless. But I think the main takeaway is people are scared about the London game. I, I wouldn't be scared about the London game. As a Patriots fan, I watched that Patriots-Packers game in full. And listen, I got to say, maybe it's the Patriots' defense because I got that pick six on Aaron Rodgers, but I, I don't really believe in that uh, in that Packers' defense right now. I really think the Giants, even though they've struggled on offense tremendously, in the passing game, I think they're not going to be able to contain Saquon Barkley. I, I don't think they're going to be able to do it. I don't think well, that line has it in them to uh, to stop Saquon. If it's going to be Daniel Jones or Davis Webb, it, they're going to have to rely on the running game more than ever. We saw David Montgomery, you know, against when the Bears played the Packers, he had a, over 100 yards. Even this previous game, like you said, with the Pack against the Packers and Patriots, we saw Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson. They both had really solid games against the Packers' rush defense. Yeah, the Giants Damian. really only hope of winning this upcoming weekend is going to be off of Saquon Barkley. But obviously, if you had Daniel Jones starting this game, it would help a lot more because it adds another threat to the run game. Yeah, Damian Harris had 86 yards and a touchdown on 17 rushing attempts or 18 rushing attempts. You know, He's not getting five per carry, but he's still getting a little bit more than four per carry. And that's, that's hey, that's more than acceptable for a running back, especially not one of those quote-unquote top tier running backs. So if I think if Damian Harris has had this past success, if David Montgomery, like you said, has had this past success, I really think that Saquon could easily get 120 rushing yards this game. I don't think that's inconceivable. And if Saquon goes for 120 yards in London, uh, Packers kind of, you know, maybe their morale is a little bit down after just barely escaping the Patriots. And uh, overtime, they had to kick a field goal to win the game as overtime was expiring or else it would have tied. I really think the Giants win this game in London, and if you told me that in the beginning of the season, I would have called you crazy. Is it Cam Newton potentially signing? Oh god, I... Cam Newton is washed, and I would not wish that on my worst enemy. Yeah, no, but they were they were go with Davis Webb just because he oh, he god. he's known the system. He's was on the you know he played he's on the practice squad as it is. It would be yeah. him playing. It's going to sound crazy, but Mike Glennon. No, 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 no. This is going to sound crazy. Absolutely no. Not. Absolutely I'm, no. We went through that experiment last season, and that was when the bad man Dave Gettleman was here. He's I'd no longer here. Rather, he can't hurt us anymore. I'd much rather get Jimmy Clausen out of retirement than <laughs> I'll tell, play Mike Glennon. I said I said, uh, I said, a point during the game. I said I'd rather have Mike Kafka, who was the OC. I'd rather him just suit up yeah, at that honestly, rate. Honestly, I mean, elite quarterback at Northwestern, by the yeah. way. What a stun at I, I think I think it's gonna is be interesting legal? to see. Hold on. Would no, they legally not. be allowed to it, do this that? This is not like the style in Fairy Hawks where their pitching coach could become a starting pitcher. It, it, th 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 there's no way. It's not a thing. Um You might honestly Grayson, you might see David uh David Sills be a quarterback at some point in this game too. Okay, no, 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 no. I, I, I I'm gonna say Nick. I don't know. For everything holy, I love me, David Sills. Do not get me wrong. I'm not saying he's got a start. I'm saying you could see him, you know, if there's an emergency what, quarterback, then he's the guy. I, I, yeah, but if he was their emergency quarterback, he would have went in and severed Wildcat well, with Saquon. 
Yeah, no, I, well, you gotta remember, you gotta think of the seek the situation at that point. Also, it's the Giants were had to lead; they only needed to run down the clock. I guess they didn't have, they didn't have to pass the ball. Someone's gonna throw the ball; they need to. But I'm not saying I'm not saying it's gonna be a good throw. But yeah, so I mean, he's not a bad quarterback. He's just no, not. just he hasn't played quarterback in a while. Yeah, he hasn't played quarterback since. Give me a second. Uh, it was like five, six years. Seventeen. So yeah, like seven years, like five, yeah, like five seven years. Because he played junior college quarterback, and then he came back to West Virginia, yeah, to play receiver. Uh, what were you gonna say, Andrew? So speaking of throwing the ball, let's talk about that shootout between Seattle and Lions <laughs> and the Lions this past uh, this past Sunday. Absolutely crazy game. I'm sure. I'm sure everyone on their bingo card had uh, Geno Smith and Jared Goff being a, the highest scoring game of the uh, season. I had on my bingo card personally I had Geno Smith looking like 2007 Tom Brady. That's what I personally had. <laughs> I Gino, mean, Geno's back at Geno's back in Morgantown right I now. I don't even know what to say <laughs> about this game because the Lions coming in in this game did not have DeAndre Swift, did not have Amon Ross St. Brown, and they also didn't have DJ Chark. So they were down a you know half their a, offense. Ba- basically, yeah, their entire offense. You know, having to go to Jamal Williams, who is a pretty good backup running back. Had over 100 yards in this game. We saw TJ Hawkinson, you know, fancy yeah, owners. I, fancy. As, a, as a fancy owner, I know how hard it's been for TJ Hawkinson so far to struggle, like his struggles he's had this season. Dude balled out on Sunday. Over 170 yeah. yards receiving and two touchdowns. Monster game from him. Josh Reynolds, we, we're starting to see, you know, the connection that he's had with golf since they were in LA. Um, they're still continuing to look good. But at the end of the day, the Seahawks get the win, forty-eight to forty-five. That is Scorigami. Um, Geno Smith throwing for three hundred twenty yards, two touchdowns. Also had a rushing touchdown. Rashad Penny had one hundred fifty yards and two touchdowns. DK Metcalf, despite the uh, bathroom break he needed later on in the game, he had one hundred forty-nine yards receiving. Tyrell Lockett almost added a hundred himself. I mean, Seahawks. I I would never thought they'd be two and two at this point in the season, but I guess here we are. Seattle is five hundred team. Geno Smith, go. Uh, Sats, Sats don't lie. He has played better than Russell Wilson so far. Pete Carroll knew what he was doing. Yeah, apparently, yeah. Well, that's he more. That's more this. on. Uh, that's more on the uh, the front office. They they decided to stick with Carroll instead of Russell Wilson. So they must have known something, I guess. Maybe they knew yeah. that Russ was in fact cooked. Maybe, uh, maybe. or maybe. They knew it was Geno's time to shine, baby. Well, certainly, I mean, certainly a weird time to see that happening. But an even weirder time was to think that going into this week, we had a game between the Eagles and the Jaguars where the Jaguars were 2-1 and one coming off, you know, a great start to the season. And going into this game, you know, Doug Peterson's first game back in Philadelphia since him being fired – it started off so weird because Jacksonville went out to a 14-0 lead. And I, you even can tell, I was even convinced that Jacksonville was, you know, I said to myself, I was like, damn, I think Jacksonville is actually this good. Like, offensively, they look great. Defensively, they look solid. It didn't seem like anything can go wrong for them. But then the second quarter happened for the Eagles. They scored 20 unanswered points. Hold on to win this game, 29-21. Eagles at the end of the week are going to be the only undefeated team left in football. Certainly look like the favorite in the NFC as of as of right now. Miles Sanders had over 134 yards rushing and two touchdowns. 
Jalen Hurts also had a rushing touchdown. Not the strongest game for him throwing-wise, but the Eagles, you know, give their defense some credit. They forced four fumbles against the Jacksonville team. Also it was all had, Trevor Lawrence, basically. Yeah, and they forced an interception too. I mean, yeah, the had, Eagles, this is a scary team. I mean, the offensive, I hate to say it, but offensively, they look really, they look solid right now. But the defense right now is looking very formidable as the season goes on. I will say, though, I mean, when it comes to the fumble issue, I mean, has Lawrence ever even played in that type of rain? Like, it was a monsoon at one like, point. I'm going to, like, I don't remember him at Clemson ever playing in that type of weather condition. Like, I don't, has he ever had to hold on to a ball? I don't think and many that, players have played in, the, in a uh, condition like that. I don't. This isn't I, your typical game. You have to remember the closest thing I can think of last year would have been that Buffalo New England game where they pretty much did not pass the ball at all in that blitz. Yeah. That's the closest thing I can, I can think of last year. Correct me if I'm wrong, but last year that's the closest thing I had. And Mac Jones didn't even throw the ball last year. He threw the ball a couple, well, a handful of times at best. A hundred percent. But what I'm saying is like you know a guy that's been in the league a little bit, like has dealt with a little bit more rain conditions, like. I, Lawrence, I just feel like, has not dealt with a lot of rain in his college or NFL career. I, that could be a bullshit stat that I'm making up. I, I wouldn't. I would have no idea. It probably but, is, I mean, but I have no he's idea. A, he's a sophomore quarterback. He's had two. Co- he's technically had three coaches so far in two years because obviously the uh, Urban, Urban Meyer, Meyer got Urban Meyer got fired mid mid year last year. So he's had three coaches in two years. Really, three different systems. Sophomore quarterback, he has that potential. He's showing that he can be that guy. I'm oh, gonna okay. give him the. I'm gonna give him the pass on the fumbles. He looked really great in the beginning of the game. He really had the Eagles on their heels a little bit. Uh, obviously, Eagles go to four and zero. They're undefeated now, and unfortunately, Jacksonville loses. But Trevor Lawrence is a lot to be proud of, and I'm gonna give him the pass on the uh, on the fumbles. Agreed, but it was just a statement. That's all. Well, speaking of sophomore quarterbacks, the. Uh... Return of one of those sophomore quarterbacks this week as we saw the season debut of Zach Wilson as the Jets went into Pittsburgh to take on the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, you know, going into the first half, once again, another typical Pittsburgh Steelers game. This game was bowling shoe ugly, to say the least. Jets were down. Jets were actually winning this game 10-6 going into the half. And it led to finally what people have been clamoring for, the Switching of quarterbacks from Mitch Trubisky to Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett did, yes, throw an interception on his first NFL throw. Obviously not the hottest of starts for Kenny Pickett. But Kenny Pickett did have two rushing touchdowns in this game. You saw the Steelers' offense get seem a little bit better, you know, at the end of the day. But again, kudos to the Jets. A double-digit deficit going into the fourth quarter. Or actually, correction, you know, 13 minutes left in the fourth quarter. Down 20-10. to 10, And the Jets... Come back again. They get a late touchdown from Brees Hall with 16 seconds left. And the Jets are 2-2 two and two on the season. Both wins being on the road. And both of them being in the AFC North. And, I mean, I just, I don't know what to say about this game. Whether it being a great win for the Jets. Or just the Steelers just looking even worse and worse than we thought they were going to be going into the season. I will say this, uh, the Jets, I don't think anyone had them going 2-2 two two to start the year. Absolutely not. I think no the way. Cleveland Browns choking is a lot into that. 
I, yeah. I really think that this could have been the Jets' first win on the year where they would have been 1-3. Yeah, that would have made a lot of sense, especially if Zach Wilson now being back. I didn't think anyone had him beating the Bengals to start off the year. No. Uh, no. So the Jets' season outside of the anomaly game against the Browns is kind of on par with what we expected, right? I think, you know, going into week four, seeing how the Steelers' offense has been, and they have some key players on the defense are getting injured. Minka Fitzpatrick got a little bit banged up at the end of that game as well. You see the cracks in the armor for the Steelers starting to fall by week three. And I don't think it would have been that crazy to see the Jets winning. It's nice to see, I guess, a, a hometown team winning, yada, yada, yada. Zach Wilson looked good in his uh in his first game back. But I do want to talk about Kenny Pickett, though. Uh, he's not afraid to sling the football. Yeah, Steelers no. fans are getting sick of watching Mitch Trubisky just do four-yard checkdowns or a screen pass, set up the running back. They were getting absolutely sick of seeing that. And good friends, good friend of ours, Mark, is a Steelers fan. I was watching the game with him, going absolutely wild seeing the deep balls getting thrown by uh, by Kenny Pickett. Unfortunately, his first pass pass was an interception, but it was exciting to see if you were a Steelers fan to have a quarterback, especially a rookie quarterback gets thrown in the game halfway and just starts slinging the football like that. That's exciting to see. The real question for me is, is Tomlin on the hot seat finally? Absolutely not. They're never going to fire him. The Steelers I, don't fire head coaches. I, just, I, don't, I don't know how much longer he's going to get away with this crap. Well, we'll have to see. I mean, they have officially named Kenny Pickett now the starter. He's going to make his NFL his first official NFL start this upcoming weekend against Buffalo. So certainly not an easy test for him. But we'll have to see if the quarterback change can help the Steelers. Obviously, you you know, they're dealing with a lot of injuries defensively. They need that offense to start picking it up sooner rather than later. And they're hoping that with Pickett, a running type of quarterback, I, they're hoping that that's going to lead the, you know, be the spark to them, you know, finally start to get, you know, clutch some wins here and there. But speaking of him going to Buffalo, let's talk about the Buffalo Bills and what was a crazy game they had against the Baltimore Ravens this past Sunday. And let's just face facts. Baltimore started this game off red hot. I mean, they were up 20-3. to Looked like the Bills were, you know, not... They, it looked like Buffalo was kind of sleeping throughout most of that first half. I mean, sort an early interception from Josh Allen. They couldn't really get anything going offensively. Some key drops, some bad penalties. But kudos to the Buffalo Bills. They made a great comeback down 20-3. to They did not allow a single point the rest of the way. Good job by their defense to hold Lamar Jackson and company. And they're able to win this game 23-20. Baltimore does do a questionable call. You know, they had fourth and goal at their own two-yard line. Instead of kicking the go-ahead field goal with four minutes left in the game, they decided to go for it. Lamar Jackson throws an interception because of it. And Buffalo is able to go down the field, milk the rest of the clock, and are, are able to kick the game-winning field goal. So it's it's a weird time because yeah, Buffalo, yes, is 3-1. Baltimore easily could be 4-0 right now on the season. Both of those losses at home and both of them to, you know, AFC of East opponents and, you know, in a fashion where they had a three-possession lead in each game and they lost both games. I will say this about Baltimore. Uh, the defense played outstanding for the first half of that game, but yeah. unfortunately the defense did regress to the mean. I don't think they were, they were going to keep that up for the rest of the game, especially against a hot offense like Buffalo. Eventually just have to regress to the mean. So if the mean was they were going to give up 20 points that game or 23 points that game, 
that's just how it was. They Buffalo was going to get theirs no matter what. I don't think anyone had at any point of the game they realized that Buffalo was going to get shut out without scoring a single touchdown. I think that would have been asinine at any point during that game. Um, to think Buffalo was just going to get a couple of field goals and call it a day, especially in such a high-powered offense like that. But I guess the Ravens defense got caught sleeping in the last half of that game. These things do happen. It's early in the season. Uh, winnable game, more than winnable game at home, but it's got a sting. And uh, let's see if Baltimore can recover from that. I mean, it's certainly not how they drew it up. Like I said, they easily could be 4-0. Both of those losses were really bad ways to lose the game, especially when you have a double-digit lead going into the fourth quarter. But... I mean, the moral of the story is Baltimore wasn't able to stop Josh Allen, not through only through the air, but on the you know on the ground again. Allen has seventy yards rushing in this game. Lamar Jackson did what he could to try to keep Baltimore in this game, but Buffalo, I mean, to their credit, just played a great defensive game, and they held the Ravens to zero points throughout the rest of the way after trailing twenty to three, outscoring the Ravens twenty to nothing throughout the rest of the way, and. You're right. We'll have to see how Baltimore responds from it. Obviously, a monster game this upcoming Sunday night against Cincinnati. Bengals are coming off two in a row. So they're starting to get, you know, we're starting to see a little bit of remnants of how they were last season. Will they keep that momentum going? Can Baltimore respond after what is a heartbreaking loss and, you know, a game where tensions were definitely rising between, you know, John Harbaugh and Marcus Peters? We saw that on the sideline. We'll have to see if that relationship could be mended, but it's, it's a game where Baltimore has to has to really get a win if they're going to you know prove that they're going to be you know the favorites in the AFC North. But at the end of the day, great job by the Buffalo to come back and win this game. They still look look like one of the favorites in the AFC, but there's still some things that I think they're going to need to fix if they're going to try to win the Super Bowl. Agreed. Um. And we talked about another game earlier. You know, Johnson was bringing up the Patriots game. He went into a lot of detail about that. But obviously, the biggest takeaway from that game, uh, Brian Hoyer, who had to start this game due to Mac Jones' injury. Jones, we're not sure how what his timetable is as of right now. He was a game-time decision going into the game. Officially was ruled out. Hoyer gets, you know, the start in this game. Actually gets a concussion and had to lead the game. And Johnson... You, your favorite quarterback, you know, started to uh, started to make his way to the turf, and he was ready to make his NFL debut. What did you see from Mr. Bailey Zapp, or is it Zappy? How do you pronounce it again? It's uh, Bailey Zappy. I said Zappy, last week right. I wanted to see what he could do. I knew Brian Hoyer was going to get this start. Mac Jones, I don't think he'll be back for at least another four to five weeks. I think that's pretty conservative. At best, he'll be back in four to five weeks. But I want to see what Bailey Zappy could do. 6,000 yards a senior year of college, 65 total touchdowns, 62 of them being passing touchdowns at any level of college football play. If you can throw for 6,000 yards and over 60 touchdowns in a season, that is some noteworthy achievement, and it has to translate to some amount of success in the NFL, whether that be a starting quarterback, a backup quarterback. It has to translate to some sort of either long-term or short-term success. Now, that being said, I did like what I saw from him. He did get a little rattled towards the end here, and this is what I'm going to say. It's, it's, I'm not going to blame him for this. He is a rookie, fourth-round quarterback, who did not ex- expect to play at all this season, let alone expect to play this particular game in a hostile environment in Green Bay. He had a fumble early on in the game, and I saw towards the end when they were at around the 50-yard line, about, about midfield going into Packer territory, 
they had a third and medium where he was afraid to let go or let go of the ball or go for a pass when he was about to get sacked. And I think that was because he is a rookie quarterback. He got, you know, he fumbled early in the game and he didn't want to give it up. So he figured, okay, I'd rather give up the sack than potentially give up a fumble, maybe a scoop and score towards the end there. And I feel like this wasn't a very winnable game last week, but a Patriots defense proved me wrong. Bailey Zappi looked pretty good in his uh, in his debut. Only 100 yards, but on limited passing attempts, had a touchdown. Passer rating, was, I believe, was 107. He, he looked good out there. I mean, against a good Green Bay defense in a hostile environment, not expected to play at all this year. I, I liked what I saw, and I want to see what he can do next week uh, versus the Lions. And I'm, I'm assuming he's going to be the official starter. I don't think they're going to rush Brian Horrid back. And I'm excited to see what he can do. I don't think he's going to be Mac Jones. I don't think he's going to light the world on fire. But I think he'll be um, – I, I don't want to say this to be insulting, but I think if he was like a Jimmy Garoppolo type, I'd be pretty satisfied with that. I think you'd be hoping for kind of like what the Cowboys have right now with Cooper Rush. Where yeah, like, no, absolutely. You lose your starting quarterback. You know, everyone thinks they're going to start riding you off, and you win three in a row after that. And, you know, you're hoping for that type of scenario where, you know, you have a young, you have a young quarterback come in take over the reins and you know you start finding ways to win games here and there it's certainly a winnable game against the lions next week considering you know the lions obviously are dealing with injuries themselves they have been one of the best offenses in the nfl which i never thought i'd be saying but yes the lions are one of the top offenses in the national football league right now and i honestly venture to say the patriots next four games are very winnable games it's just going to come down to how will uh, Bailey Zappi, you know, play in those games if he has to start? If it's Brian Hoyer, I mean, you still have a chance, but I don't know. If Zappi plays decently enough, New England could still, you know, hang around here and there with some of these teams. Because it's not like, you know, teams like Cleveland, who they play in a couple of weeks, it's not like Cleveland is a formidable threat right now. They just lost to the Atlanta Falcons. Chicago just came off a loss against the Giants. The Lions lost to the Seahawks. And we don't know about the Jets and how and what their identity is. I mean, they're kind of like a middle, you know, they're kind of a weird team. They're two and two, but I don't know if they're really that type of 500 team. Obviously, they had the one win against Cleveland that was a miracle win. But other than that, Jets haven't have been up and down so far this season. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to be interesting to see how the Patriots go on the rest of the season. Like I said, we kind of ran down that schedule before Bailey Zappi. Was as good as advertised last week. I could see us winning. Uh, God, I don't want to say as many games with Mac Jones, but um, as I many as I think that games. I could, yeah, I definitely could too. I could definitely see us winning a couple I've, games in the future. I and think we get hold over until Mac Jones gets back, and if that's the case, maybe there is no top five pick. I think if Swift and St. Brown are out again for Detroit, they're probably winning. That you game. could win that game easy. You could. I won't say easy. I won't say easy, but you. Could I think win. you have a very good shot of winning that game. The Lions' offense has been good, but I think if there's anyone that could stop that offense, it'd be Bill Belichick. Um. The game against the Browns, I mean, I can see that being a winnable game, too. Cleveland hasn't looked impressive so far to start the season. Still no Deshaun Watson. Bears, again, another very winnable game. They are they don't really look good either. They're 2-2, two and two, but they don't look like a 2-2 two and two team to pers- like at all. And then the Jets, like I said, I mean, we don't really know what the identity of the Jets are. Are they going to be that team that takes the next step? Are they still the kind of the, you know, the team that has been down the dumps for the last couple of years. 
I'm not sure, but the Patriots, they could be in that Cowboys type of scenario where you think that they're done after the quarterback gets injured and they still stay around and start to win games here and there. Well, all I'm going to say is the pressure is off from the Patriots now because uh, if Bailey Zappa starts winning games right now, they're going to be playing with house money because the argument will be at the end of the season if the Patriots, let's say they win, let's say they win, go free and want Bailey Zappi. Let's say they uh, they have a couple good weeks with him. They go three and one. Maybe they go three and two. Then your argument becomes okay. Now they had Mac Jones. They go, let's say, uh, making up a number. They win five or six more games at the end of the year. Let's say they end up going. Uh, they get eight wins on the season, right? They end up eight and nine. You can now make the argument, well, if Mac Jones was healthy, they probably would have beaten Green Bay and they maybe would have beaten another team that Zappi played for and it was close, so they could have won 10, 11 games. So right now, if if Bailey Zappi is good as advertised and if the Patriots start playing with house money, then it becomes not so much as a disappointing season, but a what-if season for the Patriots, which is a, a way better scenario, especially for a second-year quarterback like Mac Jones. He just probably has the weight of the world off his shoulder right now. All he has to do is focus on getting healthy. His starting job is not really in jeopardy right now. Knock on wood. Yeah. Nothing against Bailey Zappi, but are you sure about that? No. I said I knock mean... on wood. I don't think it's in trouble right now. But hey, he looks good, and I want to see what he can do. Well, going from you know one Patriot quarterback to a former Patriots quarterback, we had a big time Sunday night football match between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Going into this game, you know. Tampa Bay got back their basically their entire receiving core. Mike Evans was back, Chris Godwin was back, Russell Gage was able to play despite his you know pregame injury. Julio Jones was back from injury, but you know I hate to say because you know I wrote this team off at the beginning of the season saying that the Chargers were probably the team to be in the AFC West. Um, I gotta say it's the Chiefs right now look like the team to beat. And, you know, I didn't want to say that in the beginning because I just didn't like the way the Chiefs roster was constructed. They're looking like a really good football team right now. Put on a 41 points against the Tampa Bay defense that, let's face facts, throughout the first couple weeks of the season, they looked like the best defense in the NFL. And they had no answer for not only Patrick Mahomes. We saw a great game from Clyde Edwards-Alaire. 19 carries for 92 yards and a touchdown. Travis Kelsey had near 100 yards receiving. And despite all efforts from, you know, Mike Evans... And Tom Brady, Patriots, excuse me, not the Patriots, the Tampa Bay just hadn't, they just didn't have a running game necessarily at all. I mean, Leonard Fournette was a non-factor in this entire game. It did have that one receiving touchdown towards the end of the game, but a great statement went for the Chiefs. They go to 3-1 coming off that loss to the Colts last week. Tampa Bay now drops its second game in a row. Now they're 2-2, two and, two, and you know, there's certainly questions to be, you know, starting to wonder about, Tampa Bay, are they going to, you know, finally, you know, fix the issues they have on the offensive line? Will their defense respond next week after this bad showing against Kansas City? I think only time is going to tell on how good Tampa Bay is going to be. I will say one thing about this, or a couple things about this, I guess, to start. Uh, this game wasn't on Tom Brady. Let's just kind of get this. No, out absolutely not. Absolutely uh, not. Especially when you have the running game taken out. You know you're going to pass every single time. And even when they did pass every single time, Tom Brady looked good out there. Had almost 400 yards. Granted, one was a garbage time touchdown. If you take that away, let's say he had 300 you know, plus yards and still two touchdowns on X amount of attempts. Still a really good game for him when you take away that running game. 
I do think that Tampa Bay will recover. My question is going forward is how is the Chiefs going to look in the next couple of weeks? They're getting their bye week. They're going to play the Oakland Raiders. Oh, that's going to be fun. Oh, the Raiders, just, the Raiders two... just won this week. Uh, who'd they play? Denver. Uh, you answered your own question. Uh, next. <laughs> they play two very, very tough games after Monday Night Football a week from tonight on October 10th. They play Buffalo Bills at home, and they play the Niners away. Those could be very two two very tough games for the Chiefs. Uh, you get that AFC championship rematch game in Buffalo on in two weeks on week seven, and then get to see Jimmy G in action and the Niners. Who Jimmy G looks like he's taken this um, he's revived this Niners team a little bit. They uh, they're looking pretty solid. It's about eight minutes into the third quarter right now. Niners up fourteen to six. Jimmy G's looked okay so far. Uh, 11 of 20 with 158 yards, 98 passing Raider rating with a touchdown. He's looked good so far, and looks like the Niners players are happy to have him back. Now that oh high on, on the sideline. <laughs> I didn't want to interrupt your thing. I just got an ES, um, a notification. Odell Beckham is visiting the Giants. He's coming home. Oh my goodness! Oh, that'd oh. be that'd be something to see. Oh, I guess we can talk about yes. that right now. Oh, okay. I need the. Uh, can uh, I? Can I get into it? I didn't want to interrupt your take, but can I get no, into no. this? Oh, wait, Nick, no, before no, you get into it, go for it, Grace. Um, I think that's huge for the Giants, but I think that might be a mistake for Odell unless he's not chasing another ring. Odell, well, he already got, got the ring. He, I, don't I care. know, but like yeah. at the same time, like here's what I'm going to say. Wouldn't about you want to try to go back to this point? Well, here's what I want to say oh. about this. Odell never wanted to leave the Giants. No. You can ask Odell. He never wanted to leave. He always loved this team. The the new, you know, Dave Gettleman, uh, at the time, I didn't, you know, I wasn't a fan of the trade, but I also understood the trade. I mean, at the end of the day, has it worked out? Did it work out for the Giants? I don't know. I mean, Dexter Lawrence has been solid for us. They also got Jabril Peppers, who I love Jabril Peppers, but they let him walk in the offseason. And then I think the other pick was, I want to say it was O'Shane Zimenez, I believe. He's looked good this season, but up until this season, he was really bad. So I don't know what necessarily to think of. I would love to have Odell back. I, he was my favorite giant up until, you know, Saquon obviously took over. I would love to see him back considering the, you know, the issues that the Giants have been having a wide receiver this season. If they could get him back, and I also heard a rumor that they're thinking about bringing Landon Collins back, and I like Landon Collins too as a Giant. Not many Giant fans like Landon Collins. I liked, I think, I thought he was a really good player for us. I mean, obviously, at the end of the day, he asked for a lot of money and, you know, got that money from the Washington at the time. You know, I, I'm, you know, I'm trying to be completely correct and not say their previous team name, but you know, you know what I'm getting at. Moral of the story is if they were able to bring back Odell Beckham, that would be. That would be such a great feel-good story for the Giant fan and me. I would just love to see him back in, in blue colors. Yeah, to see Odell go back to the Giants, I think that would really help, being that they have pretty much no wide receivers right now. Yeah. Everyone's really injured or they're not very good. Kenny off, Galladay is not. Kenny who? Kenny Galladay is not going to be on this team who? at next season for sure. You and you saw it in that game uh, Sunday. They didn't throw the football. They had 82 yards as a team throwing the football. They ran the ball, and 
somehow, some way, it worked. I don't understand how it worked, but it worked. Hey, we ran yeah, that Navy I'm, style I'm just offense. Say and it this. Um, Kenny Gallaudet has six targets this season. I know. They don't. It, it hasn't been a good. Like I said, you guys know when the signing happened, I was all for it. I liked Kenny Galladay. I thought Kenny Galladay in Detroit was a very underrated player. Has it worked out for us? Absolutely not. I'm not going to sit here and like try to be like, oh yeah, it's you know, it's not bad. He's still got some time to improve. It hasn't worked out. I know it hasn't. And is there time to improve on it? Probably not. He's probably done either some point during this season, or he's going to be done next season. Now, my issue with this is I don't know the logistics of how they bring back Odell because they already have cap issues as it is. So what would this contract look like for Odell and would they have to get rid of someone like Kenny Galladay to make it work? Yeah, I, but the problem is who's I don't taking know. Kenny Galladay. <laughs> I, you know what? You say that, but there's definitely a needy wide receiver team that's going to want him for, che- for, would... for the cheap. Because you're not going to pay the... Kenny Galladay the money. The Giants are going to be paying that dead cap. The only person that's pay that would go for him, in my opinion, is Green Bay. I'd say, yeah, I'd say Green Bay. You might, I could see Buffalo. Buffalo just lost Jamison Crowder. They might, they might be looking at wide receiver. Buffalo again. is still like no, but I'm saying like they might be a team that might look at a receiver now. I mean, because Davis, Davis Isaiah, that's maybe. what I'm saying. Isaiah McKenzie went down with a concussion. They lost yeah. Jamison Crowder to a, a fractured leg. I think his injury was so. They might look at wide receiver more than ever. Maybe, I mean, Baltimore probably not, but Baltimore, you never know. They might say, screw it, we'll just add a wide receiver. You never know. There, there are definitely teams that will want Kenny Galladay. The I, issue is uh, you don't want to pay Kenny Galladay. If the Giants cut yeah. him, then they'll have no they'll have no issue signing yeah. Kenny Galladay. Oh, 100%. But I think right now there's no reason for a team to be like, oh, well, I guess we might as well trade for him. No, you might as well no. hold out for as and long as possible. No, I said that last. I said that last show. I said if you're a team, you don't trade for Kenny Galladay. You wait till no. the Giants cut him. Yeah, you force the you're Giants not, you, to cut him and then sign. You him. can't trade for Kenny Galladay with that contract because you're just going to be absorbing a really bad contract. It's shit. Giants' it's best so hope shit. is just to cut it. Like it's not. I wouldn't say their best hope, but like they're either gonna, they're going to have to wait till the off season to cut him if they're going to have any chance. I just don't know how a Odell reunion would work. With the issues they already have at their cap space, I don't know who they would have to cut to get rid of that. Because they like because we saw they had to cut Blake Martinez just to get you know within yeah, the cap. Sad. I'm not sad because I, I like Blake Martinez. A I think lot. he's I think he actually just signed with the Raiders a couple minutes ago, which reunites him with Patrick Graham. But yeah, I mean the Giants have had to make these cut you know these cap ca- casualties because of the you know the issues that Dave Gellman put them in. They're trying to get out of the situation. If they were able to bring back Odell, I mean, hey, that would be unbelievable if they could do that. I would love to see him in this offense with Dable. I feel like Dable would do wondrous things with him. Yeah, I mean, I think it comes down to can Daniel Jones get him the ball when healthy? Oh, yeah. It's going to come down to that, and how is Odell going to be after that injury? Because let's not forget, he got injured in the Super Bowl with an yeah. ACL. How is, how is he going to look? Coming off that injury, sometimes players don't play the way you know they used to play. Coming off an ACL, yeah, I mean, we'll see how explosive he is. Exactly, he's he is he's thirty play. years old too. He's getting up, you know, yeah. he's getting up there in age. So I just, I think if you're um, a Giants fan, I mean, what's to lose? You bring back Odell. Oh, no, the team's three lose. and one. You're we're already optimistic as it is. Why not? 
Why not bring him back? Oh yeah, there, there's nothing to lose right now. The sky is the limit right now for the Giants. Yeah, people, they're playing warehouse people, money. Like Johnson said earlier, when you went into this London game, you're looking at the schedule, you thought, all right, there's no shot to beat the Packers. People are starting to think that we actually have a shot. Like I would have never thought that. They, I would have been like, all right, yeah, Packers are probably yeah. going to you know, beat us by two touchdowns, whatever. We're not going to have a chance. They might have a chance if things go their way. The Packers haven't looked dominant so far. No, but, I mean, we'll, we'll see. Uh, it's going to just... It's going to come down to who's starting quarterback. Oh, no, absolutely. Like, if Davis Webb is playing, I don't think they have a shot. Oh, no, no. They won't have a shot. I To be to be honest, even if Daniel Jones does play, it still doesn't help our chances. It, it, you know, it obviously increases our chances of winning other than Davis Webb. But not much. But it's... With him, it's like, even if he was... Like, the injury is the is a big issue. He's going to have an ankle injury coming into the game, and his biggest threat is he can also run the football. So you're taking that aspect away from him, and the offensive line hasn't looked good. And they're facing a very good Packers rush. I don't know. I guess what the all the time going on with Larry Williams. He's, he's in. Still, he's still injured. He's still hurt. But I, and and that's why I love how the Giants are playing right now because their defense has looked really good without Leonard Williams. So I, I think if they can keep this momentum going, and they get him back, that'd be huge. Really, really huge. They have the Packers yeah. and the Ravens the next two week, and and the Jaguars. These are some big that games. That Jaguar game is scary. Yeah. Because I really think Jacksonville might finally. Uh, that's what happens when you get a good head coach. I hate that. I hate Doug Peterson, but he's a good coach. He's a really good head coach. So, and, ca- I'm sorry, Grayson. I don't want to cut you off. Um, is Trayvon Walker, like, not as blasphemous as a pick as we all originally thought? I, I, it's not that he was blasphemous, per no, se. It, it, was, it was blasphemous. No, like no. That, it was blasphemous because of who... Everyone he was got taken over. Yeah, that's yeah. why it was blasphemous. No, he was a good player. But everyone like, knew that Walker was good. It was just yeah, like, everyone knew Aiden Hutchinson was a, like an animal. Yeah, I, like I'm just sitting here thinking about it. like he's been a pretty damn good player so far. I mean, yeah, I, that's why. That's why. Like the, you gotta get the, the Jaguars credit. This is why they're two and two. I would have. I would never thought they'd be two and two with this current start. Like yeah. I said, the NFL is in a weird spot where the Jaguars are two and two, the Jets are two and two, the Giants are three and one, the Bears are two and two. Like some of these bottom feeding teams for the past couple of years are actually five hundred at the first four when weeks. When we come, when we talk about the Lions' offense, they still don't have their first round pick in Jameson Williams. It's I know like, that's just, that is scary. That is terrifying. If they if they just get a defense, they gotta fix their defense. Yeah, they need like a secondary. That, that is terrifying. <laughs> I am imploring here, the Lions to get a corner. In the I'm sitting here thinking about it, and it's just like, yo, Jared Goff might. Jared Goff snapping. He's trying to listen. He's playing for his life right now because the Lions are going to be in a position where they're probably going to could take a quarterback in this draft. So Golf well, might mean, not be the quarterback could. for the Lions, but he's certainly playing for another team right now. Yeah, he's I mean, absolutely playing for his life right now. I don't know from everything that I've ever seen coming out of Detroit. I know they they like Golf. They like, like Golf, but I mean, if you have the chance to take a young quarterback that's not going to cost you as much as Golf, you're going to take that chance no matter what. I mean, I guess I don't know. I just think it's I think hard you to... know what it could be. Golf, I think, is under contract up until. Next uh, off season, I want to see if I. Can. I'm not a hundred. So you could check oh, that for give me. Give me a second. Um, as you check, like I'll talk about it more. If, if that's the case, 
they could just be in a scenario where golf just plays out up until next year and then he plays for a, you know he's playing for a new team and then they have like kind of like a Trey Lance Jimmy Garoppolo situation where they just give the reins um, to the younger quarterback. He's got two years left. So this year and next year. No, like well, three years. Oh, so he has. Oh, okay. After this year, he has two more years. But he also has. Uh, what the hell does this mean? Hold on, <laughs> momento. Uh, there's like an X next to it. I think this is like a you can't re- cut him or release him clause. Like, nah, it's not a thing. I don't, I, bro. There's an X next to it. I don't know. Hold on. From hold on. I'm looking on uh, a spot work. Yeah. Hold on, I'll look at him. Oh, it, oh my god! Oh god! It's. I think Ew. that's. I think that's. It's uh... the, okay. Okay. It was it. I got it. No, we're good. Mm. Um, it was so it could drop down to um, what his dead cap would be. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, he's getting paid a lot of money. <sighs> yeah, I, I think they gotta roll him out for as long as possible, man. I but I think the the thing is they're one and three right now. If they keep playing the way they are defensively, they're gonna be in a situation where. They're going to have to consider a quarterback. They also could just take Will Anderson to fix the defense, too. Yeah, I think but they should. I don't know. Like, I mean, this is completely off where our plan for this episode is gone. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, the, 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 last, the last, listen, I, I kind of derailed it after I saw Odell. Like, that's that's kind of how this yeah. happened. Um, but sitting here thinking about, it, like, if the Lions can just, just get a little secondary help, I mean, they might be a fucking issue. I know. Jeff Okuda is starting to, you know, look good. They just need more help. They need a lot more help on the secondary. But I think that's going to – we'll have to see how we'll have the rest of the season goes. Obviously, look at some of the Week 5 preview. We have Colts and Broncos this Thursday night. Obviously, brought up the Giants and Packers. are going to be in London this weekend. New England and Detroit will be an interesting game, to say the least. Bailey Zappi looks like he's going to be his first official start in the NFL. We'll see how New England does in that one. You know, Jets and Dolphins looking like a big game this upcoming weekend. No two attack of Iloa. Jets win this game. They're going to be three and two on the season. What a, I mean, what a unbelievable turn of events that could be for New York if they could go to three and two on the year. Cowboys are in LA to take on the Rams. They're three and zero oh since you know Cooper Rush took over. Can they keep that winning streak going? The Philadelphia Eagles are the only remaining you know undefeated team in football. They go to Arizona to take on Kyler Murray. That double XP is almost coming up. Just get ready to see Kyle Murray's uh, well, downfall. Baby, I, I'm ready for it. Um, the big Sunday night game between the, the Cincinnati Bengals and the Baltimore Ravens. The battle for first place right now in the AFC North. We'll see how that one you know plays out. And then to top it off, the Monday night football game. I think it's going to be a good one. Johnson might say it's a bye week, but I think this is going to be a, a you know a close game between the Vegas Raiders and the Kansas City Chiefs. Raiders finally getting that first win. Can they, you know, get two in a row? Can they shock the Chiefs? I think only time is going to tell. But I think that's going to do it for this, you know, another great conversation we had, you know, for the National Football League. Another crazy week. We'll have to see how this week we'll try to top it off. But make sure to tune on in on Wednesday. We're going to have, for the first time, some NHL talk. I know Grayson is going to be very excited about that. We will have our our second guest uh, guest you know, speaker for us is we're going to have Joe Federuso and him discuss on what the predictions are going to be for this upcoming NHL season, who we think are the Stanley Cup favorites, and how the Rangers and Islanders are going to look going into the season. Also, we will dive in to the MLB playoffs. The MLB playoffs are, you know, starting to come around the corner. 
We'll finally have an opportunity to look at the playoff brackets, see who we like in each wildcard matchup. And for the New Yorkers and us, who is going to pose the biggest threat to the New York Yankees in the divisional round? And for the New York Mets, how will they fare against the San Diego Padres potentially in a wildcard matchup with a chance to play the Los Angeles Dodgers in the divisional round? But once again, that is going to do it for the All Gas No Break Sports Show. I am once again one of your co-hosts, Nick Bavona, and once again joined alongside Andrew Johnson and Grayson Sheepy G. Marino. Once again, tune on in for our next part of our show with hockey and baseball. Have a good night.